Hello, Internet. It's Tori. You're listening to the Cosmere Deep Dive Podcast. For updates on when episodes go live, follow us on Twitter and Facebook. To join the discussion, visit our Patreon page at patreon.com slash CosmereCast, where you'll find an invitation to our Discord server. Thank you for listening, and please enjoy the show. We're going to start the episode in three, two, one. Hello, and welcome to the Cosmere Deep Dive Podcast. I'm your host, Mike. Joining me this week are Craig. Hi, Mike. You're sounding pretty good right now. Darn right I am. Dave. Don't stop a rockin'. And Tori. Hello, Internet. And we start every week with good thing. So, Craig, start us off. Guys, there's a lot of good things today. Um, I guess you'll take care of your own. But for myself, I guess I have to apologize a little bit for the last episode. Well, hold on. I want to address that before we get into chapters. Well, it's I've part of my good thing. thing. It is but, part of my good thing. All right. So, okay, we'll, 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 we'll put that one aside then. Uh, then I guess my other good thing will be this game that Dave told me to play that apparently he wanted me to watch, and I feel bad. I'm sorry, man. Um, <laughs> oh, but, I know what game this is. I caught you yesterday. But uh, I finally played The Messenger. Which is sort of, but not really, Ninja Gaiden. Not, but it's really good. Um, okay, I was you thinking can't say anything else, but you can't say anything else without spoiling it. What were you going to say, Mike? You said The Messenger, and I was immediately thinking The Witness, because I have seen Dave play that. So I yes. thought that might have been yeah, what he was I, talking I about. Yeah, I got him mixed up, too, in title. They're completely, yeah, Dave, they're way different games, but for some reason, the titles kind of blended my I do need to try the witness, but yeah, the messenger is a lot of fun. Controls feel really good, um, very fluid, smooth gameplay, um, and it has some laugh out loud moments, so quite enjoyable. And and it has some enjoyable features that are part of it that I can't talk about. So yeah, if you've never played it before and you like platformers, then go play it. The messenger. All right, uh, Dave, I think you're up. My good thing this week is another Earthbound-related thing. It is a remix album by Super Soul Bros, and the title of the album is Motherload. It has a lot of music from Mother 1 and 2, as well as one track from Mother 3, and it's pretty great. Nice uh, nice jazz ensemble they got going, playing some of the best darn video game music out there. Yeah, Earthbound's music is phenomenal. Just real, real good. And Craig would know that if he honored my 50,000-point pledge uh, to, it's to on play the list. Earthbound. It is on the list. He can still refund it if he didn't accept it on the Twitch panel. Oh, no, I don't refund. Those points are gone. Oh, also, <laughs> if, if Craig decides to stop without finishing the game, I've got another 50,000 points in the barrel. I'm just going to put it on again. You're just going to give Dave an idea for, to get me to play Undertale again. I mean, you can play Undertale all you want, but you need to play Earthbound, sir. That's another game I never beat. Uh, so that sounded like all of Dave's. Uh, so I'm going to circle back to good. one that Dave reminded me of last week, uh, which is Till Death Do Us Blart. The eternal... On and on he went for 40 minutes. Ain't none of us understood a word he said. Oh, wrong. I'm sorry. Wrong one. Uh, the, <laughs> what just happened? <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not super clear on that, but it's an eternal annual podcast. Uh, hosted by, currently, the McElroy brothers of My Brother, My Brother, and Me fame, and Tim Bat and Guy Montgomery of The Worst Idea of All Time fame, uh, where they watch Paul Blart Mall Cop 2 every year and release an episode on American Thanksgiving. Uh, 
In most recent years, they've tried to do some sort of gimmick attached to it because the movie is not good, and they've talked about it already, and they're bored of it. Uh, so the latest one, this this year's, which you've had plenty of time to listen to if you if you were inclined to do so, uh, so I don't feel like I'm actually spoiling anybody. This year's gimmick was one of them. Instead of watching Paul Blart Mall Cup 2, watched Here Comes the Boom. Uh, and the the whole, like, most of the episode was them trying to, like, figure out who it is based on, like, whether whether a person remembered things or could, like, spot new stuff or name characters, things like that. Like, very, very werewolf Wait. Yeah, social deduction game. How are they still finding out new things? Oh, there's always new stuff, Craig. <laughs> it's more layered and complex than you give it credit for. It really isn't, but uh, your first few watches, you're going to be sticking to like the main action of, of what the camera is focusing on. But after a few, you've got that down. You already know everything that happens in this movie, so now you can start paying attention to the stuff in the background. Things like a child saying that flowers are pretty and can she draw on them, and her father not <laughs> holding a phone saying, not now, honey, I'm on the phone. That sort of thing. <laughs> I laughed a little ahead of time because I listened to the episode. I remembered that. Can um, I draw on them? <laughs> yeah, it's oh, it's good. Oh, man. Uh, my favorite Give that episode. Give an Oscar. <laughs> My favorite episode continues to be uh, 2017 when Travis and Justin and Tim and Guy all watched it together in person in Huntington, West Virginia, and Griffin watched it in the dark because the lamp at his desk, the light went out, like the light bulb burnt out, uh, and he did it to uh, two full playthroughs of Pink Floyd's The Dark Side of the Moon, and... I've talked about that at length, but it's it's a real good listen, you guys. It's a real good listen. I I was thinking of not listening to that one until I went and watched Paul Blart Model Cup 2. Don't do it. Pink Floyd's Dark Side of the Moon. Don't do, it. don't do it. Don't I do just, it. Don't do it. <laughs> or I can watch it in French with English subtitles. I oh, think yeah. was uh, what happened one year. Justin watched it in French one year, and that was pretty good. Uh, he... he as as a game to keep everybody entertained, uh, he would just play some scenes with the French audio and have them try to guess what what the scene was. But yeah, it's it's good stuff. Uh, don't watch the movie. Do not watch Paul Blart Mall Cop Two. They will tell you to do so in the first year. They will continually tell you to do so throughout. Like they'll they'll assume that you've seen this movie. Don't. They give you so much detail on what happens in the movie. You don't need to have seen it. Your life is better off without it even if you're listening to this podcast. Just don't watch the movie. Not worth it. And I think that's it for me for this week. So, Tori, what's your good thing this week? Well, I want to tell you guys about a graphic novel that I read that I thought was pretty cute. It's called The Well by Jacob Wyatt. That's W-Y-A-T-T. And the plot is that... Um, Lizzie, uh, her grandfather sends her to the market all, all by herself for the first time ever. Uh, she needs to sell the goats and the, you know, stuff from the farm. And, um, and he tells her, I need you to bring back this much money so we can survive the winter, but the rest of it's yours. And she ends up spending all of the money and not saving herself enough to, uh, for the ferry ride home. So she steals some coins out of the wishing well. 
And then the spirit of the well comes after her and is like, okay, you need to return those coins or grant the wishes. And she's already spent the coins on the ferry. So she has to grant the wishes. And uh, it was delightful. And I really enjoyed it. Sounds like Coco. That that does sound pretty good. Um, yeah, I was just thinking that like in real life, the all of those coins go to whoever cleans the fountain. They just pick them up and keep them if they well, want sometime, to. Sometimes they... Uh... Donate to charity. Like, I've seen Wells set up. They have a sign that says all proceeds or whatever go to such and such foundation. So I don't want them to go to charity, though. I want them to go to whoever has to clean that thing. I want them to go to the Goonies. <laughs> well, they could. Took that's one true. Back. That is true. They took one quarter. Man, the Goonies is a wild movie, right? It is. It really is. That's I don't know how it got made. All right. <laughs> but I'm glad it did. The Goonies too randomized. Also, right. another weird thing that exists in our lifetime. Thanks, Vitor. Okay, we are done with good thing, bad things only from here out. Craig, let's address the elephant in the room. You ended last episode rather upset. Uh, I would like to publicly apologize for that. I have already privately apologized, but I want to do so publicly. Um, I am sorry for how things went down. Yes, effectively. I, I also am sorry. My laptop battery was dying and there was somebody at my door and the dogs were barking and I was like, no, really, I've got to go. I've got to go right this second. And you still had things to say. And I am sorry. I'm so sorry. Well, guess what, guys? I'm turning this bad thing into a good thing because you, 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 you got me. You got me good. Um, so here's what actually happened, listener. Uh, it was my birthday. Well, it was close to my birthday last week, but my wife gave me a surprise party. And Dave was able to come. It's it's a shame, Mike and Tori, you guys live further away, so you're able to come. But Dave came, and everyone but me knew that this was happening. Like, I had no clue. I have to say, you all did a really good job, because you apparently knew this was happening. And I'm just like, oh, Dave has a raid, so okay, we're just going to record earlier. That's fine. I don't know why Mike keeps bringing it up to make sure we're going to record early, but I'll, I'll make sure I do that. So that wasn't weird. I didn't notice then. And then, of course, making sure I get off by, uh, I think it was 5 o'clock my time, um, which gave me enough time to, you know, get ready and travel to, so it was at the pinball location by by uh, where we live, which, by the way, is another good thing. If you're ever in the Philadelphia area, do check out the pinball gallery. Um, it's a really good, it has, they have like 80 different tables there, plus some other arcade machines set up. It's really in good. Melbourne. Pinball Gallery in Malvern, Philadelphia area. Yeah, it's like I don't know a, if there about are. an hour. Uh, um, but anyway, yeah, I had no idea. I like, and and then my wife's like, I need to go pick up a gift card for you because uh, I didn't get a gift. I'm like, well, I don't need a gift card to it. And she's like, no, I want to do this for you. They have a sale going on now. I'm like, I, I di- again, I didn't check the sale. <laughs> I didn't sale do anything. Gift cards. Yeah. Well, some some places do that, right? That's they, true. They're they like, have like a or they've got like, yeah. That's true. Well, that was her excuse. Again, I trusted her that she did the research, so I didn't go look it up and say, this sounds weird. I didn't do any of that. I just went along with it. So we get there, and, you know, I'm like, oh, there's not too many cars outside. It looks like they're pretty dead right now. Again, they're closed at 6 o'clock. I didn't know this. So I didn't look it up. They were just like, oh, they're still open. That's fine. And then, of course, I walk in, and there's, you know, a bunch of my friends and and family and everything. Um, So you got me. GG and and Mike and Tori, you guys were in on it. Um, I was so not were. in on it. I was not. <laughs> I, didn't I had no idea. Tori's, Tori's <laughs> old computer was uh, in on it. 
It must Should have I? been. I, I still feel bad. <laughs> <laughs> I thought Tor- I thought Dave told Tori. I honestly did. No, <laughs> I thought Tori was, I was so perfectly I was like, timed. I was like, I, I have to come up with a lame excuse to move the recording. I just need at least Mike to be on board with it so Craig can be like, all right, fine. Uh, I was yeah. really worried that Craig was going to schedule a race in, in the now open That's time. That's what I was wondering. Like, I asked, I asked Betty, I'm like, what would you have done if I scheduled a race that day? But... The thing is, when I do my races, I always check with her first. I always like, okay, I'm thinking about doing it at this time. Is that okay with you? Uh, because in case something you know pops up, so I would have checked for a race. Um, by the way, guys, uh, this week as of so, if you're actually listening live, unfortunately the recording you can't. But I'm in Big John's retro battle. I have to post it on my Discord, but that's on on Wednesday. I get to participate in that. We'll see how that goes. Ooh, good anyway. Luck. You guys got me. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I do feel bad for how the episode ended, but we're all good. You guys, you guys tricked me. You got yeah, me. Yeah, it sounds like I, I missed a, a good one in the spoiler section. <laughs> well, I'm like <laughs> I mean, trying to rush and read all these bullet points that I have for the book, and and they're like, "Well, oh, we gotta go. Tori's laptop's dying. We better leave." I'm I'm just concerned for future Dave, who's gonna listen to that episode and have no context anymore. <laughs> like three years uh, from now, future Dave is gonna is is not gonna remember a surprise party for oh, Craig at a pinball place. That. I'm still on Elantris on my relist. That's something that I need to block out time for since I got my new job. For real though, I feel bad for cutting you off, Craig. I'm so sorry. I feel bad about it. You made Tori cry. Well, you got you realize, guys, that that just means there's going to be more bullets today. Yeah, that's yeah, fine. I wanted to hear the bullet points. No, as I was, as I was, I was watching my battery percentage go down and down and down, and it also would give me the, you know, you have this many minutes remaining, and it it went from oh, you've got like twenty minutes to nope, it's five minutes, it's less than five <laughs> minutes, and it was just going down, and I was like, it's fine, I'll just mysteriously drop out of the podcast, and they'll know why. Yeah. And then my doorbell rang, and I panicked, and I was like, I gotta go. Yeah, that 20 minutes assumes that you have the screen on like 1% brightness and you're not using any programs. You're not clicking. Yeah, they hide 5% on you sometimes. It's all right. All right. I I feel like we've effectively dealt with the elephant in the room. We have reminded future Dave from three years from now and a week ago what happened at the end of that episode. I think we're, sell- we're settled. I think we can start chapters. Yeah. Oh, before we begin chapters, I have mm, partial good news. I finally caught up to the chapters as of last week. Wait, you're uh, reading a book? Wow. I'm, I'm reading Sanderson? this book. It's called Rhythm of War by Brandon Sanderson. Uh, it's pretty good. I mean, I'm only halfway through the second part. Uh, I, d- I got up to chapter 31, actually. So I can I can summarize chapter 31, but after that, you're on your own. Well, so you didn't even get to the good chapters this week. Dang, Craig. I, it's hot. You know what? I had a lot of catching up. I had about a month's reading to do. So keep that in mind. I'm finally at the point where I'm only a week behind. All right. So now that we are darn near 20 minutes into recording, Dave, can we start some chapters, please? No, I actually want to double back for to last week <laughs> and go over some of the things I posted in Dave Theory's channel on our Discord, patreon.com slash Cosmere Cast, your Discord server, just in case you didn't hear Toby getting. So yeah, 
I wrote a couple things. I don't know if you discussed these after I left because I typed them while you were recording the spoiler section last week. But uh, I decided that box that the Sion is in doesn't do squat. It doesn't do anything. There's no actual reason that Shallan can't remove from the box. Other than but the, fact the that sprint will die, Dave. Uh, That's totally believable. It kind of is. But no. Marezi just told Shalon that so that Shalon wouldn't open the box. And if I recall correctly from reading Elantris many, many, many years ago, if she were to look at the Sion while talking to Marezi, she would see Marezi's face in the Sion. Is that correct? That is correct, yes. yes. That's and a also- pretty good reason for Marezi not to want her to take it out of the box, I think. Well, when they're not talking to each other, she'd also see a Sion, um, the, the letter. What is it called? A glyph? A, no. A rayo? Aeon? Aeon. Yeah, the, they'll see, uh, <laughs> she would see an Aeon inside of it. Okay. If but it is a Sion, which I'm totally not confirming. But what, why would it matter if she saw Marisa's face? Because she has seen his face before. Okay, here's the thing. He doesn't want to put his makeup on. That's it. Okay, yeah, that's valid. That is like absolutely. You get on an early call for work, and you don't have your webcam on early work meeting. Or like when you get on to record a podcast, and your friends are like, "Let's do it with our webcams on today," and you're well, like, "No, oh wait a minute, gosh. I need more than ten minutes I notice that for we that." Sh- we should do that next week. Uh, I think it's fun for us, and it also gives people more incentive to join in the, in the live recordings for patrons. Uh, so, Agreed, but I need to find my webcam. I t- <laughs> yeah, poorly planned. So- but so, Dave, I, I'm not sure out. if we talked about this, um, but Sion's are Sprint. Like, they, they well, technically yeah. they're, are... They're basically Devotion versions of Sprint, right? Right, they're Devotion's version of it, but they're still technically Sprint. Whatever Sprint happened to be, which is a Type 1 Investiture, according to Vasher, that's what Sion's are as well. Okay. That, that would be a Type 1 Invested Entity. Ah, thank you. And that's an adjusted type one. That's not an original type one. Mm. I know you. I know you guys were thinking about it. There's like, is that an original like, type one? Vasher? No. Is that no? Vasher's it's not an original type one. Type one? Or is that Zael's type one? Okay. The other thing is okay. I, I, I made the joke about the makeup, but for real, I think if I were to guess, the way a Sion works is it projects someone's face based on identity. So if Marizi has been using a fake face all this time in his interactions, Shalan then he wouldn't be able to use that over the Sion. So I think I think the box just the box doesn't do anything. Razy doesn't want Shalon to take the Sion out of the box for one reason or another. And I'm thinking that there's some reason he doesn't want her to see his face during these communications. I, I do like that because when she asks to connect to Marie's uh, or I need to send a message to Marie's and the, the Sion responds, I know him. And it's, it's essentially is forming a type of connection to that person and tapping into their identity. I could see that. And, and that might be why we do see their face. That's a really good point. I never really thought about it before. I also wrote last week, do we know what Marie's chicken does? We do not. Okay. It is presumably from First of the Sun, but we don't know what powers. I'm trying to remember from future knowledge if we know what Marezi's chicken does, and if we do, I don't. (laughs) We don't, don't, but it's a pretty, pretty boy, and it likes crackers. Yeah. And it's voiced by Gilbert Gottfried? Mm. No. Rowan Atkinson. (laughs) Well, good, because he has since passed away. He was in an episode of Angry Video Game Nerd. Okay, so... I got to thinking along these lines, and I thought, could Marezi be Shallan from the future? And I don't think we've seen any 
any going back in time in Cosmere so far, and I don't know how I would feel about that. My guess is that I, I think that it would not complement the series very well, is all I will say. But maybe there was something that I missed or forgot, but I don't think they do any like actual time travel other than, you know relativistic shenanigans which i'm sure Hoid does if anyone travels through time it's um the closest we have on that is some word of brandon that Hoyd doesn't experience all the time that he has lived okay that makes sense he's like a he's got a major rackham thing going on uh Uh, we we didn't get any like actual explanation for that to the best of my knowledge um obviously i'm not up to date with all the words of Brandon. I don't know that anyone is, including Brandon. But it's yeah. on a way somewhere that we probably. All right. So pushing aside time travel for now, I want to say I. So so I also thought you know Sia and that the uh, the lady the unmade that makes enlightened Spren. What if her powers aren't just limited to making alternate versions of Spren? She can make alternate versions of people like. I could see maybe Moash being a Sia'anat's take on Kaladin and Marezi being her take on Shallan. And, I, you know, if Marezi is some alternate version of Shallan that's been in the Ghostbloods, he would be in a higher position and would have had access to different forms of investiture. Um, it is also interesting that he's trying to bond with a spren of Sia'anat. Yeah, that, so as know. far as we know, Marezi has not bonded with spren. Well, no, he's trying to bond with uh, an enlightened Spren currently. Um, what you just said sort of reminds me a little bit of whichever metal it is. Uh, was it Malatium? Uh, that you see two different identities of a person. And it sounds like your interpretation of what Sajana is doing is tapping into that and changing, in this case, usually a Spren, into that other thing that it sees. But... Um, yeah, I don't think that her powers are limited to Spren. We we I'm don't curious really to see know what else she has up her sleeve. As of this point, we don't know enough about what enlightened Spren are and what they do. We know very little. Just ask uh, Renarin. Yeah, if only someone would do that. All right. Yeah, if only Dalinar would have ever talked to his son in his fifteen or sixteen years. What or are you talking anybody? about? He talks to Adolin all the time. <laughs> they chat constantly. <laughs> N- Navani's like. That Spren's really weird. I don't know if we could trust Renarin. I'm like, will you just walk up and ask him? Like, why why is no one talking to Renarin? Please, please. Yeah, I mean, even even uh, Yasna didn't lop his head off at first opportunity. And come on, she thought about it. All right, now let's talk about chapter 31 through the rest of this week's chapters of Rhythm of War by Brandon Sanderson. Chapter 31, Daughter of Traitors. Maintain Odium's prison. Something Harmony mentioned. I don't really, we don't need to talk about this one snippet of epigraph because there are a lot of epigraphs to talk about this. Okay. Maykayim, those ones of the depths, the deepest ones. Cuphead. What? <laughs> okay, so... <laughs> Raboniel understands how much work Leshwi does to make others underestimate her. Adhesion is not a true surge, so Windrunners aren't real. Kaladin must be dreaming. Must Lesson, be dreamy dreaming. Dreamy. Dreaming. Dreaming. Dreaming Kaladin. That's what we've been calling him all this time, right? So uh, so he's Tidus from Final Fantasy X? Uh, does he play Spoilers, man! I don't know. Oh, now I can't play Final Fantasy X. Trust me, you totally can. Even knowing that, it doesn't change anything. Nope. 
You just have to know there's like... a volleyball playing Ganondorf. <laughs> if you've been paying attention to the Cosmere Deep Dive podcast, you would know that. All right. Lesson in atomic physics. Venley thinks multiclassing is OP. So that's why the singers worship ODM. Aw, Rothan cares about Venley, sort of. All right, Craig, I believe you already volunteered to recap chapter 31. The only one I know. All right, uh, so the epigraph talks about maintaining ODM's prison. Uh, the CZ, that's a good thing to do. Uh, they talk about, so this is uh, Venley's perspective. She is the daughter of traitors, or at least that's what they consider her, because they consider the listeners to be traitors, uh, given that they chose not to follow Odium. So from, from the singer's perspective, they're a bunch of traitors, and Venley is one of them. And she's the last of the listeners. That's her title that has been given to her by Leshwi. Uh they're traveling with ones who have surge, surges, the surge of cohesion, that's specifically what it is, but it essentially allows them to meld themselves into rock and stone, so they sort yeah, this of sink. Is, um, so you said, this is cohesion, right? So this is a power yes. of stone wardens and bondsmen. Correct. Something that they could use if they understood how to use their surges. Yeah, if Dalinar had put any practice at all into his surges in the year between books... Then he'd be good at this, but he doesn't, and he isn't. So you're incorrect. Bondsmiths do not have this one. Oh, I thought they had this one. No, bondsmiths are tension. Oh, adhesion is his rock thing. And adhesion. He does. He has tension and adhesion. Tension and adhesion. Okay. Cohesion is used by will shapers, and specifically, Venley mentions in this chapter uh, that she should have access to this surge. So will shapers and um, stone wards have this. Oh, Venley's not a. She's, she's a, a will, will shaper. shaper. I forgot yeah. again. Don't My worry, point I'll stands about. You should Dalinar. write some notes down, Dave, or something. You need some notes. My point stands it. about Dalinar not knowing his surges worth a crap for no good reason. Dalinar <laughs> only practices doing new languages, like and and opening uh, the the perpendicularities. Like Dalinar's got to get some practice in, and he knows better. He's a, he was in the military. He's All right, still practicing Think- being a king. Things Dalinar has done with his powers. Stick a chair to a wall. Talk to people. <laughs> fix a statue. Open a hole. You End gotta of admit, it was really cool when he just pulled out Kaladin uh, and Co. Just right out like, here they are. I'm just gonna pull them right out of the cognitive realm. That was really cool. Sure, but he can do other things. Like, stick a chair to another wall. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, continuing on. So, yeah, these... Excuse me, these fused, they can, they have access to one surge. And that's specifically what we learn about the fused themselves. They only have access to one surge. Now, uh, Rabinel says that that could be, and it, can you scroll down, Dave, just so I can see? So uh, I am jumping ahead a little bit, but Venli. You skipped Cuphead. I have no idea what that means. All right. Does someone so, have a cup on their head? The My, deepest ones only have. Um, um, Chitin? Blah. Yeah. That yeah, stuff yeah. on head and crotch. Okay. Yeah. Cuphead. This, which it was a callback to the uh, the spread cupheads. So I, I, yeah, Mike got it. So there are nine types of fused, and therefore there's nine different surges they have access to. Uh, which Delanar called last book. He called it. The one they don't have access to is adhesion because they don't think it's a real surge. Uh, Rabinell believes that it's just sort of made up. Uh, why would why would that surge make sense? What does it do? It doesn't do anything. So she writes that one off, 
and says that yeah. there's only nine true surges. And specifically, she describes the surges as those that are between honor and cultivation. And since adhesion is one that's only of honor, it's not a real surge. That's her yeah. actual lesson. Yeah, um, he had that surge out of wedlock. Yeah. Um, all right, so a few points on that. First off, this is clearly propaganda. Like, this is this is 100% singer-fused odium propaganda. It, it would uh, be a little bit weird if every single Night Radiant gets access to two surges, but two of the orders only have access to one surge. It would be unbalanced that way. And then the, the other thing this brings up is, why isn't there a surge that is just cultivation? Wouldn't, wouldn't it make sense for there to be one of those? Because then we would have 11, Mike, and 11 is a bad number. If 10's good, 11's one better, isn't it? Man, don't don't talk like this. Honor would not like to hear this. But We'd like the number 10 on this Rosharian it's world. One, it's one louder. It's one louder. <laughs> Wait, what? Uh, spinal tap. Isn't, isn't this right. a spinal tap? They, <laughs> yeah. they have the rating, and only for them, it, it goes up to 11. It's an amplifier. Yeah, it's, it's an yeah, amplifier yeah, that no. goes up to 11. No, no, no. No, 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 no. Let me explain it better. Uh, on, I don't know what website it is, but whatever maintains a movie ranking website, that is the only movie where the ra- rating is given out of 11. I it's wish I could remember exactly the which movie. one. <laughs> yeah, I know, which I thought okay. was funny. Uh, why, don't, okay. why don't they just make 10 surges more powerful? Yeah. But it's so anyway. But, but this one goes up to 11. <laughs> The, the way that those ones of the deaths work, uh, they talk about Axie, which is just their word for atom, and essentially they can squeeze their atoms in between the spaces of the atoms that are in the wall or the stone or whatever else that they're phasing through, and like essentially Shadow become Cat. part of it. So it's like there's a lot of space between atoms, or Axie as they call it, so they can just fit right in. So we learn about that. And then Venli so, S. So what you're saying is that Dave's bullet point is inaccurate because it should be a lesson in axiomatic physics. Ah, yeah, fix it, Dave. So, Venli thinks multiclassing is OP uh, because, again, Knights Radiant have access to two surges. She has access to two surges since she's a, a budding Knight Radiant herself. And it's like, well, wouldn't that be better? And Rabinell says, well, you can either multiclass and sort of know two surges, or you can know one surge really well. So, in her opinion, it's better to know one surge super well than to know two sort of well. They also get uh, a buff of their their stormlight never runs out. They ha- they have infinite MP. And hey, Tori, can you jump in here and let Craig know how to pronounce that name he's been butchering this whole time? Y- you mean Rabonial? Thank you, Rabonial. <laughs> I know I wasn't gonna <sighs> say anything, but you should. You're supposed to call me out on this. Oh we, man! But then can he'd be calling over? you out all day. Hello and welcome to the Deep Dive <laughs> Podcast. Uh. That's not even the name of the podcast, Craig. <laughs> Wait, what did I say? Deep Dive? What? Cosmere? What are we recording? It's just, it's just the Deep Dive podcast. We occasionally <laughs> deep dive heard. into other things not Cosmere Craig, you related. Have, you have heard my introduction Wait. over 200 times now. For for nearly five years, you've been hearing my introduction, sir. But to be fair, we who re-listen to the episodes as they come out, we've heard it 400 times. So he yeah, only has that. half the experience we do. I don't even know what I said, honestly. So You didn't say um, Cosmere. You forgot the most important word in the title. I thought I did. Um, this so is wait, a podcast is... about swimming. I, I need to go back. What is her name again? Rabonel? Rabonial. 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 What was I saying? Rabonel. Rabonial. 
Okay, well, hopefully I'll get it right. Next week, you know I'll get it wrong. Uh, Rabonial. So, where the heck am I in the chapter? Yeah, there's anyway. There's no way to know. Multiclassing's <laughs> OP. She disagrees. Cool. And she also gave okay, a description of... Is it in this chapter where... I think it's Rabonial saying to, to Venley, she's like, I don't know where they get, the, they get these extra powers. They have some other powers that we don't know why they have them. Because they have the the power of the combined surges too, right? Right. Well, the Knights Radiant, yes, have demonstrated yeah, that. So ability. I mean, so a Windrunner has adhesion and gravitation, so they can do more stuff with gravitation. A Skybreaker can, or rather, different stuff than a Skybreaker can, because of the way adhesion gravitation mm, combined. Right? No, not really. Ugh. Um. So yes, there there are like combo powers. Um, yes, but yes. As far as I can tell, like Chrono, the one that Kaladin has that he's at, that we've seen him use is he can like shape the wind around himself to what he's used it for is like to slow down a high storm in a very localized area, which Silfrena did for him when he was uh, strapped outside for for the high storm after he killed everybody in in Sadius's army, the whole uh, army. Yeah, whatever happened, Silfrena. I don't know. We haven't, haven't, haven't heard, heard about her in a while. Um, yeah, but the, but yeah. Also, she, presumably he's also using it like uh, subconsciously while he's flying to like keep the wind out of his face so he can talk and see and stuff. Also, we've but, been told that the each night radiant order uses the surge differently. So I mean, we we got a little bit of that with the light weavers and how they soul cast is apparently a little bit different than how uh, you know Yasna does her soul casting, given that she's an else caller instead of a light weaver, but. It also comes down to specific um, orders and how they might use the surges. So there's differences there. There's a lot. And I think it's just because the Fuse don't really know this this information. They they only had access to uh, Knight's Radiant like when they were essentially attacking. So they know very little in, in that time frame compared to the Knight's Radiant and what they were able to develop and study back when, well, back before the Recreants anyway. The, we lost the all that. The order that has the biggest, like, combo power thing that has nothing to do with the individual surges is Bondsmiths. They get super-duper combo powers. Like, all of Dalinar's playing with connection, um, which opening the perpendicularity is a form of that he, because he's connected to the, the Stormfather. Yeah. Bondsmiths get super-duper combo powers, where Kaladin can shape the wind a little bit. Anyway, this whole multicasting talk and everything does remind me a little bit of Cradle. The the, the conversation, anyway, reminds me a little bit of Cradle. Giving a shout out to that. Um, and then there's a little bit of a discussion about why they even worship Odium when the surges themselves come from honor and cultivation. And it's like, well, do you want to just worship nature and creatures? Or do you want to have a god of emotion and passion? That's who we follow. And I... Uh, rep- Rabonio? Do you want to have? Do you want to have a you god who's it. a cop, or do you want a god who rocks? <laughs> uh, and uh, I, I don't know who Rothan is. I didn't actually read that far. So. He's somebody else that works at Leshwi in a like a parallel. So like vertically, he's equivalent to Venli. Okay, and he apparently cares about Venli. Well, he cares about her. You think? Uh, according right. to Venli's like monol- inner monologue, there it's like. All he does is show up, say a thing that he's thinking about, and then leave, which he did. All right. Chapter 32. Of in the three minds of out hot eat. Yes. 
<laughs> is the title of the chapter, according to my notes. All right, so Seisei doesn't think multiclassing is OP. Well, just just because he did it badly, like <laughs> he picked like, two oh, shards that are directly X. opposite, and he's like, "Why don't these work together? Like, Why can't I be a barbarian mage? I need all these feats. Like, you should have been <laughs> a barbarian. You should have been a fighter mage so that you would have extra feats." Oh my gosh! All right, uh, horse-like sword. Next scene. Shallan wants the spy to be Beryl. Adolin's begging strategy. Adolin gets a far-off look in his eyes, probably thinking about Maya. Shallan has imposter syndrome. Shallan had pattern in her childhood, but did she have pattern? Oh, that bullet point is super clear, Dave. I know exactly what you mean. I mean, we know that she bonded pattern, and she knows that she had pattern when she was young. But did she have pattern when she was young, or did she have pattern? Well, I mean, Uh she couldn't have had pattern because she had pattern. Right, she couldn't have pattern and pattern, but that doesn't mean that pattern is pattern. What if she had pattern, though? Okay, no. let's let's be clear here. If, Vatha if has of... pattern. Shallan has pattern. <laughs> <laughs> but see, if she had pattern and then broke the bond, then pattern would have been able to bond with Vatha because then pattern would be a dead eyes. But pattern is a dead eyes, so I wonder if Shallan actually had pattern when he was young. Then broke the oath, Pattern became a dead eyes, and then since Pattern's a dead eyes, she had to bond with Pattern. Yep, pretty clear. I mean, I understood all of that. Yeah, makes perfect sense. All right, so there's no need to explain further. Uh, Correct. So Gallant is taking a liking to Maya, and Gallant doesn't allow just any creature to ride him, but he's all right with with having Maya ride him, and I think that... He already agreed to carry all of Adolin's swords, like this... (laughs) I, I don't know why this has to be a special point. Like, he already agreed to this. And pole arms, and hammers, and axes. But Maya is a sword. Ha <laughs> ha. And Vin is a knife. And Wax and is Windel a And is a f- And the door is a jar. And Shallan is a little knife. Wait, wait. Are you telling me that the door, the magic system on Cell, is a jar? And we didn't make yeah. that joke in Elantris? Uh, no, we were making that joke in The Lost Metal. Oh... Aw. <laughs> mm. Oh, man. I want to get Dave's live reaction. I mean, we did see Selish people from Kelsier's perspective. And we've also seen Shellfish pe- people from, you know, Kaladin's perspective. Well, we didn't know. He didn't know. Everything's a Shellfish. All right. All but is crab, every- Dave. Not everything's a Shellfish. It's crabs all, all the crab. way down. All right. So, horse-like sword. Shallan wants the spy to be barrel, so... You know, she is admitting to herself that she was predisposed to believe. And when I say she, I might mean Shallan, I might mean Vale, I might mean Radiant. I'm not going to correct myself or type the three because that's awkward. It's someone inhabiting it's the body vale. of Shallan. So Vale, Vale doubts the evidence that they received from Razie. And she's acknowledging that she was predisposed to suspect Beryl because she didn't want to suspect her friends. And also, she has to question all of her information, which she did actually, I kind of caught her on that, but she also caught herself during last week's chapters, and I forgot to mention, that she's not going to take this evidence glory spread at face value. She's going to question that information, yet not question the information about why she shouldn't open the box that the CEO is in. And Adolin is, you know, he's talking to Rose, or Notum, Notum, the honor spread that got fired. And Notum is discouraging Adolin from going to lasting integrity and talking to the honor spren because they ain't going to listen. They're not going to read this pretty letter that Yasna wrote. 
And so Adolin starting to doubt the mission and trying to come up with other ways that can appeal to the honor spread. And he's like, I guess we could just beg. And uh, Vale, Shallan's kind of hiding at this point, and Vale notices that Adolin is kind of looking off, trying to kind of maybe thinking about ways that he can activate a better plan to approach the honor spread. And no, she he's thinking about pants. Trousers. They're pronounced and pants. trousers. Uh, I'm sure Adolin has access to both because they trousers, have different uses. Pants, short pants, jodhpurs, cargo pants. He's thinking about all sorts of legwear. I have to post something in good thing regarding pants. Um, is it the old Cartoon Network stinger with the Super Friends? No, it where... is a short by Matt and Mike Chapman. Okay. so I'm, I'm always up for some brothers chaps, yeah. Yeah. But anyway, Vale lists a bunch of things that he might be getting a far off look at, looking off in the... And I think that the key to approaching the Honor Spren is going to be Maya in some way or another. Or, you know, you know, because they'll see that he really cares about the Dead Eyes, you know? And that they're not just callously throwing away the lives of Spren. Oh, I, I think the correct approach is violence. Lots of violence. Oh, there will be violence in this week's chapters. Where are you not? All well, right. Hold on. Craig doesn't know that. Ah, <laughs> oh, spoilers. But he does because oh, he yeah. read the chapters this week. No, he read chapter this week. <laughs> he read chapter. <laughs> I read chapter. <laughs> okay. And Shalon has imposter. She doesn't think that people think she's as great as he is something. I mean, she, she doesn't have does. she doesn't have Vale's 10 years of experience of being a spy because Vale doesn't have Vale's 10 years of experience being a spy. No, oh, yeah. She she chooses not to dwell on it usually, but I mean the fact of the matter is she is lacking a Yeah, but, but in in particular her imposter syndrome here is that she doesn't think that Adolin really love her when she gets to know the I mean, how could he? She's not pants. Uh, <laughs> I mean, Vale can wear pants. No, 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 no. Not wear pants. Bee pants. <laughs> oh, man, that sounds painful. I would never want to wear a pair of bee pants. Chapter... Oh, so yeah. And Shallan, we did the pattern thing. Right? We can... We, and, and as discussed, it doesn't need to be explained. So let's move on to chapter 33. Completely clear. Yeah. Chapter 33. Understanding. <laughs> wait, wait. No, no, no. <laughs> let's, let's do it legit for those listeners who happen to be reading along with you. Uh... Would you like to share that theory that in a bit clearer language? Okay. Your challenge is not to say the word pattern. Go. What is my challenge? To describe what your theory is in your last bullet point. But, okay. But you but can't use the not, word pattern. It's not. He said that wasn't my challenge. No, I said that that is your challenge, is to not use the word pattern. Oh, uh, my challenge is to not use the word pattern, not my challenge is not to use the word pattern. Okay. This is why we should let people split their infinitives, people. All right. So remember that dead eyes cryptic? Yeah, I think that was a uh, that might have belonged. This that's okay. That was I mentioned that last. That is oh. pretty clear. Okay, I was hoping you had like more in depth on that, but no, we're good. We can keep going. Chapter thirty three. Let's go. I think that the timing works out pretty well. Chapter thirty three. Over sitting. No standing. Uh, Odium wanting to splinter all the shards kind of makes sense, you know. So, because Odium is about passion, he knows that each shard's passion is stifled by the intent of the shard. So, if he can break the shard up into smaller pieces so that they can be more to express their passion in their own, then that, that would be the idea that Odium wants to spread around. So, it actually makes sense. But shouldn't he want to shatter himself? 
He just wants the Highlander all of no the way. shards. That's all. It's so, pretty clear. Well, Harmony's perspective is that Harmony thinks, you know, Odium just wants to be the one and only shard to rule them all, right? But I don't think that's quite right. I think that part of Odium's intent is to spread passion even to the other shards, give them freedom to express them. But now okay. I'm wondering, but if that's the case, why doesn't Odium want to shatter him? I have, I have a thought here, guys. If Odium is in fact passion and not simply um, a god's hatred, uh, we need to get this guy a girlfriend. Because what, what is more passionate than love? Yeah, that'll solve all the problems. When has that ever caused any other problems? Just get Odium to break his own rule about, or to break the, the Shardic agreement to not have more than one shard in the system, which he's already done by going, by coming to Roshar. And yeah, it's not his fault it's blew up his... Ooh, what if we what if we set him up with one of the returned? Because they're cognitive shadows, so they can theoretically live forever. Lightweaver? Blushweaver? Uh she dead. Light song? Uh she, also he dead. dead. Light song died? Light song super died. <laughs> Did oh, you read man. the same book as us? All I remember was a talking sword. <laughs> but that'll <laughs> you never You remember come up the again. important part. <laughs> uh Sue Severin's already married. Uh, as is Scoot, and he's not a returned, so like he's double off the table. Oh, okay, Zahil? I got one. Mercy Star. There's one for you. Did you just jam two words together and hope that it was a return <laughs> name? No. Oh, I it got was... one. Uh, Pinky Winky. The it, Mercy Star is the one that Vasher broke into when he was um with, with, oh, with the that's where Aloysius. Aloysius lives. Yeah. All right. So, yeah, I think that there's more to it than Odium won't be big, powerfully shored. And I'll leave it at that. All right. Uh, chapter 33 proper. Oh, yeah. This subplot. Wow. Chapter 33. Mike, how are you going to take that? Wait, was this was this my Kaladin Stormblessed action therapist chapter? Yes. Dave. I wanted hey, you to handle it. I didn't hey, want to step on your toes. He's inventing modern therapy with the help of being written by a guy who knows what modern therapy is. <laughs> hey, Mike, can you tell us what actually happened this chapter? Uh, he puts together group therapies for depressed people. Like, he, he gets talked into focusing his efforts on a few people who share symptoms, um, and not just busting everybody out of the, out of the care of the, uh, the Ardents, and letting them go, letting them go one flew over the cuckoo's nest. Um, his, his dad was like, Hey, I know you're excited about this and you get hyper focus. So let's, let's hyper, hyper focus. Just pick a few people that all have the same symptoms. Uh, oh, and also there's, there's a fun thing where his mom is like, Hey, we understand what you're going through. And she doesn't, she uh, really yeah. doesn't. She wants to, and that's cool, but she actually does not understand. And that is an important distinction, uh, between sympathy and understanding. Mm, but sure. but yeah no he he starts giving them like therapy sessions and having them do self-led group therapies and just getting them out of the darkness to talk to each other and you know maybe have some hot tea with it and uh i'm feeling like next chapter he's gonna invent aa yeah I, you know what i mean this is really good uh it's nice to actually read about something this is not something that we're really exposed to it's it's very much whenever you read any kind of fantasy book or anything of that nature it's very much this is just the status quo and brandon sanderson is really looking into a lot of different issues and a lot of different approaches to how 
how these things can can be addressed and not just issues but just how people act and think it's very different for a lot of different so um i would like to note that i really wish that they could figure out some sort of um pharmacological helper here because uh a lot of times with depression it's it's literally that your brain doesn't make the right chemical and and so you know having Having a pill you can take that will tell your brain to make the right chemical or to provide the, that chemical itself uh, is a key component of all of this. Therapy is wonderful, but it is not and often should not be the only tool. Yeah, I don't, th- I don't think we've gotten any discussion about any type of, uh, aside from, I guess, fire moss, we haven't really heard of any kind of chemical substance that, that people take. Well, um, we have disinfectant. True. Sure, but and I'm, I'm specifically talking alcohol. about, you know, things like... I don't know, fantasy Prozac. But we also have already established that uh, having a spren bond does not fix mental health issues. Yeah. It, it it absolutely does not. It will fix physical health issues, mostly. Wait. But wait. Oh, mental right, health, absolutely not. Oh, right, Kaladin. Yes, our, well, yeah. our mopey yeah. boy Although, is still mopey. I don't know. Maybe it's part of his identity as well. That's okay. sort of the problem, actually. Yeah, mm. and same with Teft and his addiction issues. Which I mean, Tef, ultimately stem from his depression. Tef flat out admits that it, the addiction has not left him. He just has to find a way to handle that. Like, just, uh, just saying the words wasn't enough. The the Spren bond gives a bit more of a support system than they had before, but it's still probably not enough on its own. And yeah, I didn't want to be glib. I just might could insight to this chapter that I could. Uh, but yeah, I absolutely love these sections in the book. I love the exploration into mental health struggles, um, and, and potential treatments thereof. And I'm real glad that Brandon decided to skip over some real life atrocities that happened because good call, good, good, good call, Brandon. Let's not have Kaladin, our, our hero for the first three books, uh, do horrifying experiments on people with mental health struggles. Yeah. Good call. I think it actually helps in this instance that he himself suffers from depression. I mean, so, that's that's implied to be, like, why he is able to come up with any of this. Like, yeah, yeah. The, ardent, the Ardents are just going by what they've been told by other Ardents. I'm really hoping that they haven't done much experimenting, because, again, real-life analogs to this almost always went bad. But I feel like I've said enough, so we can move on to the next chapter. Chapter 34. A flame never ex- stump a lump. Beryl said she doesn't have a shard blade yet. A likely story. She still has the boots. That would be Shalon, not <laughs> Beryl. Uh, giraffe mount. You see, all Vale has to do is hit on Adolin. Then Shalon will get jealous and emerge. Balls of gas burning billions of miles away, ah. Spren. Hold on, I'm not convinced that will work. The, about Shalon emerging. With you, Pumbaa, everything's gas. <laughs> <laughs> Adolin's sword talk goes on at length. Ayo. I didn't make that joke. It was in the book, sort of. Shalaladin, Shaladolin. <laughs> oh no, I'm turning into Craig. <laughs> Shaladolin, talk and ignore the Starsprint, so it goes somewhere else. Sorry, Starsprint. Adolin is the biggest ball of gas there is. Yeah, so, uh, who is it? Yes, ma'am, or up, ma'am, talks to Adolin, and he gets the idea to take Shalan to Gorgeous Summit with a Starsprint. Actually, I think I don't think Adolin knows all the details. Like, oh, hey, there's a really good view up here, huh, uh, ma'am? Let me take Shalon up there. 
and that'll make her want to draw it. And then she does, and then she gets bored of the magnificent, gorgeous star spren because Adolin's a big star in her book. The end. In- in her defense, Adolin is a very, in-universe described many times as a very, very, very pretty man who cares he, deeply about her and goes to great a, efforts to show her that he cares about her. Yeah. He's rocking 18 charisma. It's not just about the looks. It's not even mostly about the looks. But, but then we get a nice conversation about Adolin misunderstanding sword as euphemism as, as a wait, 13 or 14-year-old. Wait, Adolin is Elon. From Order of the Stick. Yeah. And like, he's dating a redhead. It makes perfect <laughs> sense. <laughs> it's perfect. Shalon is Haley. Oh, man. Did we not we establish this out. already? I feel like we did. Oh, we are now. Yeah, I don't remember talking about like it. Oh, wait. And that makes uh, Celia Sulfrena. Uh, yeah. So then Roy is Kaladin and they're dating? No. I'm dating. Okay. You are Roy. No. See, Roy has a different sword. That- Roy's just me. Oh, yeah. I am Roy. Okay. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, actually, I am Roy because I'm like I'm like a smart guy that just wants to punch things, be like a fighter. And there was that time when you died for like twelve months. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, Roy Greenhill is such a good character because like he has the intelligence score to be a wizard, but he, he took yep. after his grandfather. But yeah, it's a it's a nice anti trope that he's a warrior with a high intelligence. So I guess, fighter. He is famously a a solo class fighter and not you know and has not taken any prestige classes he's straight fighter like whatever level and in 3.5 he ran out of useful feats to grab about three levels ago at least to catch up there there just aren't that many that are good enough to be worth getting yeah especially as a human i mean you already have whirlwind attack at levels what else do you <laughs> anyway <laughs> different back exotic to... weapon proficiency anyway back to chapter hey you could have saving throw bonuses all right uh, I think we're done. The ch- uh, did this one start with Adolin doing the having a little powwow with all the various uh knights radiant that he brought along with him, and then being like, "Hey, your plan okay. sucks." Yeah, I think that might have been here. So yeah, he I remember he talks to Stumpalump. He talks to Blonde Reshizu, the the uh the mountain radiant that's named after a mountain. <laughs> uh, Zoo is Zoo's contribution here is really fun. Because her idea was, <laughs> tell them they're being dumb. But then that, aren't they doing the same work. thing your people did, Zoo? Yeah. My, my people, people are, are being dumb. dumb. Yeah. <laughs> that should work. It won't, but that should. I'd like that approach. And uh, it is Stump that, you know, speaking through her mist, uh, who I named Rever because I didn't say dreaming, though. But now I've said it, so I failed you. Anyway. Okay. <laughs> Stump says, you should appeal to their honor that like their whole what what are you are you saying that like cryptics are just cryptic that's racist ma'am racist but yeah honor spren do do the whole honor thing that's kind of their deal wouldn't it be sprenist instead of racist what are types of spren called spren varieties they're variety (laughs) all right ready for the last chapter this next chapter heck yeah so ready yep fighty time fighty time kill 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 (laughs) the strength of a soldier Horse load, the Tukari stop following, if they ever were. The truth strikes Adolin. Next scene. Whom were they following? Is Notum not Notum? Next. Do horses sweat? If so, Tirzu lied to him. 
I think we had this discussion more about horses. We talked about radiance and sweating. I definitely remember that. So horses Craig, do sweat. Tears you lied to. Well, hey. it's not. So human sweat is super efficient, mostly because we don't have any hair. So that actually helps regulate our temperature really well. Uh, but like mammals in general can sweat. That's just a feature that they have. But because of, you know, hair, fur, other things, it usually makes it less efficient. And therefore they can't have our awesome stamina that we have. Neat. Yep. Humans are persistence predators. Yeah. Yeah, they're persistent perspirants. I mean, Big. our our ability to sweat make, makes, makes that much more effective for us. Um, a human can outrun a horse, especially in hotter conditions. I want to go back and say perspirator, not perspirator. I just want so to say... I think a pers- <laughs> since he- I mean, I'm sure Adolin is a perspirant. He makes plenty of least sweat. I just want to say, since humans are persistence predators, then don't chase your dream. Follow them sustainably <laughs> until they lay down and give up. Uh, thank, thank you for that uplifting message. But what oh, if you're I, just drag, drag your dreams into the ground until they finally... I, I would like to clarify that I'm not suggesting that I or any of us are capable of outrunning a horse, but like... A, a, an adult human in good physical condition? Yes. Not me, though. I just... Dude, there are some people, when when they're participating, not just regular marathons, but there's endurance races that people handle. it. They're in really insane shape, and I'm impressed. I just signed up for a 5K called I Run for Cake. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> Five. Oh, man. I, I need to... Not, not particularly that one. Uh, we have one near us that's the Hot Chocolate Run. So, you know, you get some hot chocolate afterwards. That's, oh, that's yeah. Nice. If you run in the winter, you get cold splash hot chocolate. So, like, kind of like how <laughs> in the summer, in the summer, you get hot when you run. So they splash water on your face. But, yeah. Ah, okay. it's scolding, but it feels good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I just I just want to make sure that you guys know that, like, you guys can just go buy hot chocolate and cake from a store. And you don't have to compete in physical challenges for it. But, Mike, it feels better. When you've earned it. No, it doesn't. I've learned that. I learned that lesson from Bluey. No, no, no. It feels way better to be sitting in my comfy chair with like a blanket on a <laughs> oh, cold man. day. Oh, man. Bluey's great. My brother and his daughter and I all watched Bluey last week. And it was... An, it was a No, Bluey list. is a legit good show. Like, Bluey's I great. Think Betty and I... Oh, sorry. My wife and I... Her name is not Betty... Uh, enjoyed it, I think, more than my daughter did. But hey, she she likes it enough because it's a dog. But it's a good show. I'm really excited for when you guys can eventually get to Phineas and Ferb. I know that's that's such a good one. Betty can't wait. Oh, we're already fans. Uh, I, I'm Will already you stop saying her name. Jeez, <sighs> it's hard. It's okay. It, no, no one no one can track us down. It's fine. Um, yeah, we we're already fans of Phineas and Ferb, and we're we're really looking forward. To, to getting her to like that and Steven Universe and Avatar The Last Airbender. Man, we got some good shows that are going to be coming up in like the next 10 years. Yeah. Phineas and Ferb is a lower age range than Steven Universe and Avatar, though. So Phineas you can Ferb hit that earlier. Nice transition show. It kind of like. Yeah. It's a it's it's good for younger kids. But then as they get older, they'll appreciate it more and they'll realize what good vocabulary they have because they've watched Phineas and Ferb. 
Uh, I of, know what an aglet is because of Phineas and Ferb. Uh, of the okay, ones I mentioned, one episode they dedicated to a single word, but they throw in at least one or two big words every single episode if you're paying attention. And the uh, of the ones I mentioned, so they'll learn it subliminal. That one will be first. Um, but yeah, it was actually we showed my my daughter a video. Of, it was the the Phineas and Ferb when they're putting the band back together. So it's like one of the first episodes. And it's just like, here's the song. And she liked the song, the, it's specifically the drummer in the library. The library she liked, song? Yeah, yeah yes. that's like, that, that one's is good. top-notch in Ferb song. And then she, my wife turns to me like, oh, is it time for us to watch Phineas and Ferb? <laughs> to, as in the show, my daughter. So, you Not know. Not quite. She won't get enough out yeah, of it to, to keep her attention, I don't think. But eventually, and man, it's going to be so good for you guys. But there's a platypus. But right now... Right now, Blue's Clues is some primetime material, especially the early ones with Steve. Oh, Steve on Blue's Clues, the best. We, we are a yeah. We were talking about Bluey. Uh, we are a Sesame Street family, so we we've been watching a lot of Sesame Street. Uh, Bluey, as we mentioned, a little bit of Mickey Mouse Clubhouse because we're going to Disney in February. So you know, we're getting a little bit of a mix there. Anyway, why are we talking about this? Let's talk about the chapter. Well, uh, because Joe over. from Blue's they, Clues. They had a fight. Big fight. Uh, Triangle won. Did... Yeah, who won? Who won the Triangle fight? Triangle Man. Triangle uh, Man. Yeah. Triangle. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> but uh, I did kind of notice in this chapter that the uh, these Dicey and I immunes are bleeding a lot and have these bones that block Adolin's greatsword from slicing. Kind of, they're pretty good. They put on a good act. Are you saying they're, they might not be... Dicean Imeans. I'm saying they put on a good act. They could just be Takari, like was said in the book. <laughs> then why did they like Dicean Imeans? They only look like that to you. Well, yeah, as I know what Dicean Imeans. Are they made up of crabs? All right, we have been uh, going for a while. I would like to move on to spoiler time so that we can end an episode and I can do others with my night. So, Dave, are you done? Yes. Excellent. Does anybody have anything for Dave? I do not. Bye, Dave. Bye, All right. Dave. Bye, Dave. Dave is gone. Play the thing. This concludes the spoiler-free section of our podcast. If you are, as I am, reading along for the first time, we recommend that you stop listening now, as the following will contain spoilers for not only this book, but for other Cosmere books as well. There may also be general spoilers from any other source material. Spoilers begin now. That's going to be more complicated now. All right. Uh... You, can, you could probably do that after the merge, Mike. You can merge them together and then play the thing. Yeah, that'll be a thing. I'll have to figure out a whole new method for editing. Hey, so uh, I guess since we're talking about it on the recording and I don't want to cut all this out, uh, we got some new equipment and we sound better, hopefully, and we're all recording separately, so all the audio should be quite a bit better from everyone. Uh, And we would like to thank our patrons for uh, giving us money for the past however long you've been patronizing us. Uh, that allowed us to put money back into the podcast and upgrade our gear. So thank you. Yes, thank you. Yes. Oh my God, you guys sound great, and thank you for all our supporters. Yes, we love you, and you're beautiful. Uh, and now we move on to actual spoiler time. So I'm almost done with the Lost Metal. I have maybe 10% of the book left, which most of that is epilogue that I've already read. Well, so. hold on. Before we get Lost Metal, I do have a couple things for Rhythm of War. Is that is that okay, Mike? Uh, sure, I didn't really have anything specific for Lost Metal, I just wanted to update on my progress. Okay, well, there, there's something from Chapter 30, I know we didn't do Chapter 30, but I finally read it, and I wanted to point this out. 
So this experience, it's specifically about Shalon thinking about holding a cube. This experience, she'd done this before. She'd been here, kneeling on the ground, holding a cube that glowed from the corners exactly like this. So I sort of forget, forgot about this whole thing. But when we had flashbacks of Shalon back in the second book, she talked about you know the chest that 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 was glowing. That there was some trunk or chest or something that the, was glowing. the safe in the wall. Yes, sure. Um, so that's a Sion then. That I originally thought that was just her interpretation of testament. Her 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 blade being stashed away in somewhere. So she well, was you, sort of imagining the light. But no, this you I only think, thought that because that's what she said. Oh, okay. Well. Yeah, so that means she had access to a Sion, which means the Devar family had access to a Sion. So, uh, why? <laughs> like, what? Oh, it's it's because we've established this. It's because her mom is a uh, is is one of the heralds. Why do I always forget this? Heralds, thank heralds. you. Yeah, there's definitely a bit more uh, credence to that that theory. Like that, there's a lot of weird things. Like we already know they had access to ghost bloods. Of- given that they had a soulcaster from them. So for whatever reason, they had access to those bloods, which is a little bit weird now that we know so much more about the ghost blood as of this time compared well, to when we were first given that info. Dad hooked up with the ghost bloods. We don't know if they were present before mom got killed. Mom had a skybreaker connection, which yeah, yeah. makes sense if she's a herald. Uh, but we don't know if, if the ghost bloods were involved pre-mom death. Well, they've had access to the soulcaster since they were sick. The, their family became successful because they were soul casting something in order to create their their wealth. So and, they, and were, I, they were soul casting chunks of their land into expensive stone like yeah, marble. Yeah. So it's been at least that long. And I don't think you just quickly join the ghost bloods and get access to that. You have to be established and they have to have a reason for, for doing that. Like, that's the other thing. Ghost bloods don't just give you materials and say, here, go nuts. Like. There has to be a reason for doing that. And if Shalon's mom is actually one of the heralds, th- I think that's legit. Like, that, that is a good reason. If they're, if there's something going on there, we just don't Or if Shalon herself is uh, one of the first Knights Radiant to show up uh, that isn't a Skybreaker in, in, in like, pre-Final Desolation, or pre-Last Desolation, and they want to try to recruit her and get on it early, like... That would also be a good reason. Hmm. Okay, well, I just wanted to point out that there was something weird there. Um, and one other thing I wanted to point out in Chapter 30 was Adolin, that, that he's not weird. Um, but Adolin waited for his soldiers to stay back, though Maya stuck by his side as he stepped closer to Notum. The honor sprint gave her barely a glance. They tended to ignore dead eyes. And I'm sure we covered this before, but there's a lot of similarities here between the what Kaladin is establishing for the mental health uh, issues and and how to like resolve that and also how dead eyes are treated th- like especially what we see in this book like that's intentional like how they're treated and and uh, yeah I, I don't think uh, yeah ag- agreed that's that's an intentional mirroring okay and Notum says something weird he says one event that caused eight genocides Prince Adolin pause and think on that so we know that the Skybreakers weren't part of the, the Recreants. We we were told this. But what's uh, the other order? Stormfather and Nightwatcher? The Bondsmiths. Yeah. Okay, thank you. That that makes sense now that said that. And Sibling isn't full-blown dead and isn't full-blown dead-eye. So even even that's not quite just as... as mm, 
maybe as dead as Sylphrena was when Kaladin didn't quite break his oaths back in Words of Radiance. That, yeah, that's not as bad compared to, like, what Shallan did to Testament. Right. Uh, Shallan full-blown broke her oaths, although we still don't have exact details on that, and turned Testament into a Deadeye, but kept the bond. I don't know how Light Eyes really break their their ideals, their oaths. It's a little bit weird just because they're more fluid and freeform. They essentially just have the real truths. Like, what did I say? Light Eyes. (laughs) <laughs> no. okay light weavers I, yes i know how light eyes break their oaths they do it by being greedy we've we've established this kaladin can talk about it all day all day long um and one other one other thing i want to talk about dave is pretty accurate he he's actually like spot on and that the oh, yeah. fact they picked up about the cryptic dead eye and how that was probably shallan's like he, he's on it yeah i'm i am impressed he hasn't been like this on I think since like Well of Ascension, Mistborn, like yeah. we, we got old, we got old, old Dave. He he just he he can he caught all the foreshadowing and the clues, and I think he's on board. Um, which is which is less fun, I guess, because it's it's great when we have like Doxandra, but you know we we gotta give him props. I mean, we well, we do? still have time to lead him astray, you guys. <laughs> I mean that that is true. This would not be the first time that he's guessed absolutely correctly. And then immediately gone back on that and gone in a completely different direction. That's true. That was fun. Uh, Okay, I have one bullet point from chapter 31, which is, Even a regal, as you know this power in a lesser way, most don't know it, but you contain a small amount of void light in your gem heart. You can't use it actively, of course. You might have felt it inflaming your emotions. Do you know what that reminds me of? That reminds me of breath. Okay. That's not what you thought I was going to say. I mean, it's just an infinite MP glitch for Regals Infused. Well, yeah, but they can't use it. You can't use it actively. They, so, they don't need to. They Their powers use it passively. So it, it, it reminds me a lot of how people on uh, Nalthus have breath. In, in their case, they can actually pass it around. But they have access to breath. They can't necessarily use their their breath that they start with. They can use the first extra that are given to them. But keep in mind that breath... And the void light itself, they're all types of investors. So I, I feel like the similarity here is intentional. It also reminds me a lot of the divine breath that are given to the return. Uh, in which case, again, they cannot use that specific one unless they, they do that, you know, passing on to someone else to fully heal them. Thing. Well, okay. The fuse don't use the void light that's in their gem heart. Right. Except right. it's used to heal them when they get injured, just like Stormlight is. They, they just don't need to burn it to use their powers. But if they get injured, it will heal them, and then they need to go get more from, from you know, somewhere else. I mean, it could, it could just be like when you have a lot of different, um, a lot of breaths, you also get some healing factor as well. Plus, I think uh, people on Nalthus, like, in general, are just healthier and less prone to sickness compared to drabs who have no breath. So I, yep. I think it's just an innate, innate property of... Uh, investiture that if you have access to it it gives you a little bit of it it's probably has something to do with identity and reforming that connection um i shouldn't say connection i, I meant lowercase c but but you know returning to that form of what your identity is and that's well, why you get some innate uh healing hang on a second because i think you may have stumbled into something what if being more invested with a specific type of investiture on a specific planet actually forms a connection between you and that shard. I think it does. 
I, I think I think that's yeah, I think that's how it works. We we've seen that I think with Kelsier because Kelsier was more connected to Ruin, although it, that that was with Hemallergy. But he was more connected to Ruin than he was Preservation. So in this case, we have Honor and Cultivation. We have different surges and everything that appeal to one or the other more. So I I, I mean I th I think that makes sense. Okay. Um, with regards to the question I asked during non-spoiler time, why isn't there a cultivation-specific surge? So, that's a or, really or... good point. I, f I So, the problem is, they could just be assuming that the surges are of honor and cultivation together, and in reality, some are more under the cultivation umbrella, and some are more under the honor umbrella. Uh, I, but, I okay, I'm, I'm, I'm getting that, like, obviously... Um, who bonds with cultivation sprint? Edge dancers. Edge dancers are going to be much, much more cultivation-y because they bond with cultivation yeah, sprint. Yeah, like, like regrowth is obviously cultivation. What What I'm wondering is why is there a specifically only honor surge and also not a specifically only cultivation surge? Is it possible there is one and we haven't seen it yet? Or it could just be regrowth. Regrowth is just the, the cultivation surge. But it, I, don't, I don't know. I'm... It could just be propaganda that is like, oh, it has to be of honor and cultivation. And if it's not, then it's not a real surge sort of thing, which we know is false because adhesion is a real surge. Keep in mind that the surges themselves, as far as we know, surges in general existed before the shattering of Adonalsium on uh, Ashen. Like they had access to a lot of different powers. And it's only on Roshar where there were there was this restriction placed on who can access what surges through their bonds with certain sprints. So I think there's just more restrictions now, but those surges also are mimicking the honor blades. Like the, the honor blades came first and then we had the nitro radiant and the surges that they have access to. So, and theoretically the honor blades surges are based on the ones that were active on action. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, yeah. So I, I think the interpretation that Rabonial, you got it. Okay. <laughs> I'm gonna always question that. Yeah, I, I just feel like there's a different assumption there, and there she's just wrong, just flat out wrong. Uh, yeah, the the surge of the powers themselves came first, then they were restricted based on the honor blades, which were taken to Roshar with the heralds, and then the Knights Radiant and the Spring came about, and like, oh, let's mimic these. I don't know. All right. There's there's something weird there, but uh, we have to I think mean about it more. Everything she says there is inherently suspicious because it is very obviously and blatantly propagandist. Yeah, so, yeah. But that doesn't mean we should ignore it. We just have think, to keep that in mind. I think propagandist is the word I was trying for there, and propagandistic isn't a thing. So let's pretend I said the real one. Okay. All right. Yeah. I, I, I'm done with Rhythm of War. What, already? You just got to chapter 30. No, that was chapter 31, and that's but all I But you finished the whole book again already. That's so fast. Okay. So I have, um, I, luckily, I don't have that many bullet points. Oh, God, wait. Yes, I do. Uh, oh, are you about to dig into the Lost Metal now? Yeah, I have I have something. I'll try to be quick. I don't know. Okay. I have one major thing I want to bring up. Yeah? I hate the name of Wax's new gun. I think it's real dumb. What's what's the name? I don't the remember. Big Gun. But I, I like oh. the Big Gun. <laughs> like, I like how he uses it, but the name is really bad. He's got a gun called Vindication. Which is both a word, also a hurting people word, and it it is a reference to the character of Vin. Vindication is a great name for a gun for wax. The big gun, that's 
That's nothing. But it's a big freaking gun. Yes, no, it, Craig, that's established. It's not a BFG. It's just... It's not a BFG. It's just a big gun. So what chapter did you read to? Uh, I haven't been keeping track of chapter numbers. Uh, Are you Wax, in the epilogue? Not yet. Wax and Wayne made it onto the ship, and we got a perspective from a guy who really wasn't paying attention to his briefing. Uh, and then Wayne, when they got there, Wayne was like, hey, you should probably just jump off the boat. And then he did. That was okay. fun. Uh, I have a, I have a, uh, a good handful of notes. <laughs> I don't know. I, th- there's a couple things I want to go over, um, and I'm going to start with Chapter 40, and we could just stop when we get tired of me talking, or in 15 minutes, because I don't want this episode to be forever. Uh, so in Chapter 40, there's Take the Stores of Purified Door. The command is RESPECT. Ca- command is in capital C. Authorize the other cells to access theirs as well, and pass the command to them. Now, I highlighted this. This is how they access the the jars of door that that they have access. The door to is a way. jar. The door is a jar, um, and it, it, it's through a command, which is uh, awakening. It it sounds like it's very similar to uh, what happens with awakening, where you have to give an object a command, capital C, in order to have it do some certain action. Like you have to have the intent, which is essentially give it to them. The intent is to open up the safe or it is their opening and the command which happens to be respect we've also seen identity keyed locks yes um, yes which which then implies that while the best example we've seen of these things are with awakening or rather with giving a command the best example we've seen is with awakening it's not limited to awakening it's 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 one of those core features of of investiture in the cosmere right and that, that's really interesting because with endowment and what we've seen in Alpha is like that's essentially the only type of investiture that they are using and have access to. But clearly, this is just something that you can do with investiture in general. Um, continuing is actually this is the point that you brought up. No, this is even more secure. Moonlight said it's a lock that is awake and can tell from your intent if you've been given a passcode or if you've stolen it. So the lock is it has some form. Actually, I think this is legit. They used awakening on the lock. And it can look into your identity, say, okay, you have the passcode, you're good to go. That is a complicated command to create something like that. Yeah, yeah. Okay, and speaking of the door is ajar, concentrated investiture, Moonlight said, unkeyed from any identity. This is an energy source that can power things like your metallic arts. So they're able to take the door from the cognitive realm, stuff it in a jar, and it doesn't have an identity key to it which means anyone can actually access this it's just a battery it's a battery but the only time we've really seen anything like this is essentially gems on roshar because they are also unkeyed until someone and presumably it's incredibly complicated to to actually refine the to capture and refine the door in a way that you can take it to another world and it's still viable yeah so yeah all right, uh, jumping ahead to chapter 47, but I really want to talk about this. Like, if we don't talk about anything else, that's cool. I want to talk about this. The army of golden skin and red eye things that Autonomy apparently is sending to uh, Scadrill. Um, I, I just want to talk about them. Uh, I had a, a brief discussion with one of our uh, listeners in a spoiler discussion, but when I first was reading Lost Metal and I kept hearing about the, the army of red and gold, 
it made me think of lifeless. Like they, they, they sound sort of inhuman. They have a lot of different features that make them very capable of fighting. And to me, that sounds like a lifeless. It just, in Autonomy's case, they happen to have gold skin and red eyes. That's just because that's her investiture, I guess, leaking through. Her investiture seems to be red-ish, maybe? Question mark? Um, although Odium's might be red as well. I don't know. There's something weird going on there. But the point is, I think her army that she's sending to Scadriel are lifeless. What do you guys think? Um, I definitely didn't see enough to make a... To make a judgment call on that. All I got of them was Marisi at the at the shard pool, and then she stopped them from going through because she sucked all the all the juice out of it and powered her um Alimantic grenades to give them a big old slow time bubble yeah, right yeah, at their yeah. entrance. Yeah. We we don't see a lot of them, but it was just something I was thinking about because it's it's very weird that they would just look different. But we've we've seen humans on Taldane, so th- they're not that. Well, I know we haven't really talked about White Sands, but just, they they look like human at least in the comic from from what I've seen in the first volume. So I'm like, well, what's weird? Well, okay, we've had lifeless before, and why can't something else develop lifeless? It's not like an endowment only thing. It's a type of investiture. And we have commands and awakening. So what if there's just another way to awaken it? Just to use autonomy's uh, investiture instead of you know endowment. That's that's just what I'm thinking. Um, but speaking of the, I guess Aeondor, uh, when Moonlight does does I guess her um her cheat I guess it's called. Uh, let me. She try. becomes Shai. She does become Shai, but uh, this is before that. Uh, she nodded and light flooded from her, leaving a. This is when she first accesses the door. In the jar. Uh, Leaving a traced image on the ground, it looked a little like the map. A quick sketch of the basin, but with with a strange rune at the center. So, as we've seen from Aeon Door and how it's used, it needs a map. And I told you guys, I told you, if they left uh, Cell, they would have to draw a map of wherever they were. I told you. There it is. It's right here. They have a map of the basin, and that way the Aeon Door knows where they are, because it needs a map. And they probably also need to actively be cheating connection to make it work. There's definitely something else that needs to be done, but Aeon Door specifically needs a map because it exists in the Cognitive Realm. So well, if it doesn't have a map, it doesn't know where it is. We we know that Shy is cheating connection because she's she hasn't learned the language and she's speaking the language. Oh yes, absolutely she cheats. Which that was a whole conversation with uh K Ice from yep. Yep. Or or sorry, code names are stupid. That was a whole conversation. I still with like. I like that name. Her full name is Codenames Are Stupid. I'm like, that's so good. Yeah. Um. And I did highlight. This is where she, where she becomes uh, a Shayod. I guess I've always been Shayi. So this is how we. By the way, guys, here we know Moonlight is Shayi from the uh, Emperor Soul. Like this. Well, this is her. She's shy from Emperor Soul or Shay, depending on how you feel like it should be pronounced. And I don't remember which way it goes. But once she turns into an Elantrian with a stamp, then she's Shay. You have to pronounce all the vowels when she's Elantrian. Just the ones that are two vowels, one consonant that are an a- that are an aeon that is that makes up her name. So in this case, there's really only the two vowels and the one consonant to go with. So it's Shay. And she says, "Blessed of the Shayod," which we've seen written in Elantris as just S H A O D, but it's pronounced here as Shay Ode, because that's how yes. Mar- Marasi sees it. 
because she's hearing someone speak words that don't translate. And then uh, continuing vanish, I'll use Aeon Taie. Did I say that right? Taie? Moonlight said, but that is quite the blessing you ask. I need distance and inclination. Again, she needs something physical to, I guess, no, uh, I, I think this is the teleporting one. I, I meant to look it up afterwards. But I think this is the one that actually teleports her to a different location. So that's why she needs distance and inclination. So that way she goes to the correct location and isn't it's, like in the ground. I also haven't looked this up, but it's got to be that because we we saw that happen a couple of times in Elantris. It would be silly not to do that specific callback if you're also making the reference to like needing yeah. a specific distance and a specific direction. It was it was a uh, Serini's cousin or whatever. He he was actually really good with numbers, and because he had all the numbers, you could just tell him what location you want, and he knows the distance and inclination. Like it's the same exact thing. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man, guys, I haven't read Elantra since we did our recording. By the way, <laughs> this is this uh, is a callback. Um, be certain to deliver the proper offerings for the blessings I've mag magnanimously gifted you and be pious in your treatment of your gods. So my question for you guys, is this pre, uh, what the heck is it? Riode? Is, is that the event that happens in Elantris? Is this pre the Riode or is this after, uh, Rayodin fixes everything? Well, it'd have to be after because Chaos is all grown up now. Well, let, let me, there... let me fix my question. Is the way Shai acting, is she a pre-Riode Elantrian? Because talking about gods and leaving offerings and stuff. Or is that how they are acting now? I mm, I gotta believe that Shai is a pre-Riode Elantrian. That, that um, would be my guess. And that, just, that's the identity she wrote for herself. Yeah, just just because I don't feel it. Like, I feel like Rayodin would still be in charge. Yeah, after yeah. things we haven't gotten a good look at that yet, but I feel like he'd still be in charge and he would not really allow people to or allow Elantrians to refer to themselves as gods anymore. That that seems like something he would put a stop to. Yeah, and with her being from another continent, then presumably that would be the information that they had about Elantrians uh, would be from before, right? Well, not necessarily because K-Ice is there. So they've, they've got up-to-date information. Yeah. But did she at the time that she made that stamp? Maybe. Probably. I don't, know. I don't think we have any way of knowing. Well, she didn't have access to that. That wasn't one of her stamps back in Emperor's Soul. But of course, you know when that took place either. Okay, well, I don't know. It, my interpretation would be that would be pre-Riode because that sounds like how they acted back then. They expected people to leave offerings and stuff in order to get their blessings. And I, I don't think Raiden would, would fall with that. I, I don't think that would be cool. Which... I mean, it, it could just be that not including the Riode just made the stamp a little bit simpler and thus more mm. likely to work. Yeah. Um, also, this does give us a little bit more insight into the uh, Irie. Because th they are pre-Riode Elantrians. Or at least... Wait, I shouldn't say that definitely. I think they're pre Riode Elantrians that just happen to live in the Cognitive Realm, which is why they weren't hit with the Riode, uh, since they live somewhere else and they probably only have a different map. Or they're the ones who happen to be in the Cognitive Realm at the time that the Riode hit. Yeah, yeah. So so they would have, they would act more this way compared to, you know, Riode and co. So maybe she based her, her stamp on one of them. Hmm. Hmm. 
Interesting. That means the ghost bloods. Well, we already know Kelsier like interact with them. So, man, I need secret history too. Yeah. Which Brandon said he is planning on writing at some point. I mean, we got we got a lot of good ghost blood stuff in this book. Like, I'm very happy with the amount of ghost blood stuff we got in this book. And we got to meet a Shodel, and he was super cool and had cool powers. Yeah, Twinsel, I like him. Uh, the problem is like like we're we're doing the episode with Dave, and there's some ghost blood stuff happening there, which I definitely want to talk about as as it pops up later on. And we can't. Not with Dave. We can with us in the spoiler time. We can't with Dave. He just doesn't know yet. Yeah. There's always I, another secret. It's This is one of the hardest things to keep quiet about because he's so close. He's so close. Um, anyway, uh, talking about the 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 portal that, that Marasi is the, the perpendicular. Um, A great deal of power in one place, she said. Alec always said that you weren't supposed to store too much harmonium in one place, or quote-unquote strange things happen, yeah? He didn't know what those things were, but Marasi swore she could make out a warping of the air in the room that Liquid was somehow powering the portal. So, we haven't talked about this. I do want to go into this at some point in the future, but what what investors actually doing to create a perpendicularity. But this is essentially... I, I'm not going to use the term correctly, but it's almost like a, a black hole is created only in this case, not with mass, but with investiture, which is a type of energy uh, in, in the Cosmere. So it, it feels it's like it's denser. It's like there's something there and you can almost sort of see that if that makes sense. I, I uh, I'm, I'm going to let you uh, go out on this limb all by yourself, buddy. Oh, and then there's another thing about the golden skin stuff. Thousands of inhuman soldiers with golden skin and glowing red eyes. Living statues. Look, if living statues aren't lifeless, I don't know what are. Okay, but we also have molten sunlight. And Dave had some <laughs> issues with that. It could just be poetic. Uh, okay. Uh, we. They, I think I'll skip that one. I, I'm, I am skipping a couple that just aren't really necessarily relevant. Oh gosh, there is a good one though. Harmony knows that he's growing impotent. This is said by Telson. That Discord is near, and so he created you a sword can act when he cannot. Um, th- there's a lot of talk about Discord, and here, like, flat out, we get the reference that Discord could potentially take over instead of Harmony. We, we saw it in one of the notes in-, in the Stormlight Archives. I forget which book, but talking about Discord. I think it was actually in Way of Kings. Uh, you're actually thinking of Sazed's introductory chapter in the final empire i am unfortunately the no wait what first mention of discord was the epigraph for Sazed's introductory chapter in the final empire wait is that real what did it say i don't remember but there have been a, plenty of people talking about it in the legendarium discord and i trust them to know what they're talking about ah uh, when i do a reread of Mistborn, i'm gonna have to keep an eye on that okay uh i think that's all i want to talk about well there's one about stairs being awesome i don't know if you read that one yet oh maybe you did it's it's chapter 67 um that it's it's her and the governor talking about what to do about saving the city if the ship is the bomb stairs flipped through her notebook to disaster scenarios she anticipated landing on a specific page full of projections about the dangers of offshore earthquakes <laughs> dude <laughs> it's just stairs is like yeah okay i i figured that one out Here's what you do in this instance. And she just, she has that. She has that. And then chapter 70, another Steris one. You have detailed plans like this for other disasters? And then she says, 
Only fires, earthquakes, hurricanes, sudden invasions, dust storms, droughts, food shortages, and mass pipe breakings. There are seven more I want to get to. <laughs> like, she... <laughs> oh, this is so good. <laughs> I don't know what to say. That's just so good. Vote for Steris. I, I, I love Steris. Steris is the best. I I didn't like Steris when I first read Alloy of Law. What was wrong with me? She's like the best character in the book. I don't know, but... It kind of sounds like you're running out of stuff, and I would like the episode to be over soon, so yeah. how close are we, bud? I think I can end it. I'm not sure exactly where you are, so maybe we'll end it here. Um, I do have a couple more for next week, which which goes to the epilogue, but not too many, so yeah, we can end here. Excellent. All right, folks, that's an episode. Good night, Internet. So, bye, everybody. Bye. This has been the Cosmere Deep Dive Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at, at CosmereCast, or like us on Facebook. Our theme music is Traveling Made Up Continents by Gillicuddy, used with permission. Hear more from him at the Free Music Archive. Thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.